Good morning, everyone. Joining me on the line is Sharon Syme and Kendra Bull, both from the regional Great American Outdoor Act team. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I hear it's the second anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act. Could you start by sharing what the act is and what it does? Sure. Well, this is Sharon Syme, and uh, first of all, thank you, Kevin, for having us today to talk about this. Um, the Great American Outdoors Act was a piece of bipartisan legislation that was passed in on August 4, 2020, and it was really focused on fixing up a lot of the um, the facilities and trails and other things that people use to access the outdoors, particularly on uh, federal lands. So the money that was um, uh, allocated by Congress for this went to five agencies, four of which are if the Department of Interior plus the U.S. Forest Service. And Kendra and I are speaking to the U.S. Forest Service engagement here in the Alaska region on this. The intent of these funds is to... Um, address what we call deferred maintenance. And essentially, it's fixing things that were broken that we haven't gotten around to fixing. And, you know, as anybody who um, dwells anywhere knows, <laughs> if you don't kind of get on top of things, a lot of times those problems get worse, not better on their own. And so when we are not able to go out and, say, stay on top of maintaining a trail, a lot of problems start developing. The areas, the trail can get really muddy. Um, we can get logs down and brush encroaches. And it just makes it a less pleasant experience for the people who are trying to use that trail. And so that's what the Great American Outdoors Act is about. Congress really wanted to support people who get out into the outdoors and improve their experience improve their access to our public lands. And after these two years, how is it being implemented? You mentioned that you're part of the Forest Service part of this program, but it sounds like there's many other agencies at play. Yes, so the National Park Service actually receives the largest share of the funding, and we know that um, they did get some funding to address some issues up and the at Glacier Bay National Park, for example. Um, there's also funds that are going to the Fish and Wildlife Service, the Bureau of Land Management, and um, the Bureau of Indian Education is the other agency. The Forest Service is receiving about 15% of the funds each year, and that is nationwide. And we are funding, um, working, to, we, we, we put in project proposals that have to get approved by our agency and by our department. Um, but they are doing things like fixing up roads, fixing up, um, creating fish passage where fish passage is blocked, um, improving trails, working on campgrounds and day use sites, working on uh, boat launches, uh, marine access facilities, many of our public use cabins and shelters. So the, the funds are going to a whole variety of different types of work. 
Very good. What's the biggest impacts you've seen so far this year in comparison to last year? I'll let Kendra well, take that again, one. Kevin. Okay. All right, <laughs> thanks Kendra. again, for, Kevin, for hosting us. This is Kendra. Um, yeah, so last year we were just getting started, um, getting our feet on the ground. We spent a considerable amount of time like finalizing planning documents, engaging the public on community interest, completing our design. And all this legwork is important because it ensures that when the project is selected to be implemented or constructed on the ground, we're ready to act. We can initiate those partner agreements, uh, agreements with tribal nations, contracts with contractors, or, you know, lining out our own internal work crews and volunteers that, that actually implement the work. So this year, um, we've completed a lot of those designs. We've completed, uh, we have ideas from the public on, on which projects we need to uh, include in the planning schedule. And now we're starting to build. So this year, uh, we're completing a lot more projects on the ground. The public's actually seeing some of the work happening versus last year, there was a lot of um, planning work um, and design work that needed to occur before we could actually uh, implement the projects. So um, it's going to continue, too, because when we get into 23, 2023, in 2024, we're going to have even more projects designed and even more work probably happening on the ground and uh, noticeable to the public where they're recreating. And so the public's letting you know when a piece of trail needs work, right? They're You're surveying them? There's surveys, and then there's also just the public stopping by their district ranger offices to let them know when things um, may need a little bit more of more attention. We have a lot of interested folks uh, that love to hike on the trails in our in our southeast communities and uh, up on the Chugach as well, and they're they're very good at reaching out to their recreation folks um, and letting them know when something needs uh, particularly more attention. It, was there ever a project out there where a suggestion was made to repair it, and then you get there and go, "Wow, this actually did need a lot of work." Thank goodness we have this resources. I don't know that I can specifically speak to a project that the public initiated um, the need for the work, and then the the need was so great that when the field crew went out there, they um, had a an experience like you're mentioning. So perhaps Sharon has a, a specific project she'd like to mention, but I will say that there are a lot of projects that the public has suggested need improvements, and yes, we do go out and survey and try to use their input to select the projects that um, would have the most benefit to the public and to um, the resource that we're trying to repair. Very good. Sharon? Sharon, did you have a specific example? Um, I don't know of one where it was initiated by the public per se, but I think the, the big message here is that the public is a critical voice for us. They're out. They're about. They see things. And we may or may not know about some of the challenges that they're facing or problems that they're encountering. And we certainly do encourage the public to to let their local district ranger's office know um, when they're having a great experience out there or when there's some challenges that they'd like to see us address. It's It takes us all coordinating with one another in order to provide the kinds of opportunities and experiences that people are seeking. And... What feedback do you, have you gotten so far? We've actually been getting some positive feedback. Um, 
One example I'll highlight is the Devil's Creek Trail up on the sewer district of the Chugach National Forest. Um, Crews went out last year and did about five miles of that trail, just kind of improving it, um, brushing it, addressing some uh, small failures in the tread, um, widening and hardening. And a lot of this was because the trail is now very popular for biking. And the it didn't have the right sight distances. It just didn't have quite what bikers needed to have a good experience. Hmm. And word got out through social media, whoa, the trail's all better. <laughs> and people started coming and really using it and seeing that and giving the, the district some, you know, cred here that uh, they did a really, really good job and that it was greatly appreciated. Social media is pretty impressive. Um you know, we also had an example of some bridges that got put in, um, not necessarily from Great American Outdoors Act funding, but um, when those bridges go in and they connect two pieces of trail, the public finds out about it really, really fast through social media. It can, you can use a bike on there now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Cool. And I wanted to come back to something you had mentioned, though, Sharon. You said we get 15% of the nationwide funding here in Alaska for the act, right? No, the nationally, the Forest Service receives oh, okay. 15%. Um, but Kendra, I think, can tell you a little bit about what that translates in terms of dollars for the Alaska region per se. Yeah. Kendra? Sure. Yeah, our Alaska region receives probably closer to 5% of the total Forest Service funding for these for this uh, act, but that equates to around $12 million a year. So when you're doing trail projects and cabin improvement projects, road improvement projects, that can go pretty far. We have about 70 projects over spanning a couple of the first couple of years that we're able to put these funds towards. Some of them are, are small in, in dollar value, but they might be a huge investment to the community, things that really needed to happen, like our mooring buoys that um, – you know, I, I think everyone would appreciate coming back from a visit in the forest and your boat is in the same location you left it when you were um, off hiking or staying in a cabin. And so just the, some of the smaller dollar projects like the marine buoys have big investment um, to the communities. And then um, we're anticipating those funds to go up a little bit in 2023 and, and 2024. And so we're hoping to be ready for when those funds go up and uh, <laughs> have additional um funding to put towards some more great projects. Might you have any idea why or? Yeah. So some of our um, multi-year projects, so a project that maybe we wanted to start the designs in 2021 and then begin project uh, like construction in 2022, continuing on, you know, to 23 and 24. Some of those projects had a smaller investment in funding in the design and planning stage. But now that we're actually doing the construction, that, those projects are, um, Oh, well, their construction funds are considerably greater than their planning and design. Uh, so that's that's the, the cause for the uptake in 2023 and 2024. I see. No one, no one can escape that, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're back with some folks from the Regional Great American Act team. We've got Sharon Syme and Kendra Bull. I wanted to ask the both of you what 
brought you into working for the Forest Service. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll start with you, Kendra. Well, I um, began my career as a trail crew um, member up in the uh, Bob Marshall Wilderness Complex where we rebuilt trail tread and constructed uh, log stringers and did a lot of uh, trail drainage work. And I remember one day after working for several months, the trail engineer for the, that whole forest joined us for the day and mentioned some things that we did great and some other things that we needed to work on. And I thought to myself, how do I <laughs> get a permanent job with the Forest Service so that I can go like, on the trails and, and um, uh, see, see the forest and just appreciate the work that the trail crews did? So that was, that was my motivation, and that was my first experience with the Forest Service. Very good. And Sharon? Yeah, so I, um, I've i had kind of a convoluted um, professional career, but I started out as a wildlife biologist, and my master's degree is from the University of Washington College of Forestry. And so I spent a lot of time out in the woods and just really um, both professionally and personally and always kind of related to a forest environment. I felt like I understood forest environment perhaps better than many other kinds of environments, although I've certainly lived and worked in other places. Um, I've actually worked for a variety of different agencies over my career, and I gradually morphed out of wildlife biology more into general land management planning and um, got really involved with wilderness um, and wilderness along the Saint River uh, management. These are lands that have very special congressional requirements as to how these lands are to be managed. And um, through that work, I actually came back to the Forest Service after many years of absence. And um, I currently manage both the trails and the wilderness program for the Alaska region. Thank you both for sharing that. We've had the Forest, pro uh, the forest Service on the program uh, a few times, and I'd like to ask the employees why they even like to be in the Forest Service. What draws you to Alaska? And one thing's for sure, all of them in common, they like to be outside. So <laughs> looks like that's rung true again today. But on being outside, I had wanted to come back to the Great American Act, Outdoors Act. What is your favorite project selected for the funding? I can well, start that one, but I know oh. that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you both got go favorites. Ahead, Kendra. Go, go, go. <laughs> Kendra. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so I, yes, have a lot of not necessarily favorite projects, but projects that I truly appreciate. And some of the projects that um, are most meaningful to me are the projects that really bring the forest to the people. And so projects like local trails where folks can actually get onto the forest and appreciate the forest without having to have reliable transportation. They can walk from their um, home to get outside and enjoy nature. Those are some of my favorite projects. I see a, a large benefit to the community with those. I really love the projects that have um, both volunteer, partner, and or tribal nation connections. Those um, seem like a, a powerful connection to the community are some of my favorite projects. Um, and I know Sharon's got some as well. Well, very similarly to Kendra, um, you know, it's that we have an opportunity to do things that are meaningful to the people 
who use who use our facilities in those locations. But maybe one that I'd like to highlight is actually the community of Cordova. They actually got funded for about seven or eight different projects. And there tend to be smaller projects working on trails and trail bridges and some of their pavilions and day-use sites. And one-on-one, they would be, you know, nice-to-do type projects, and a few people would really appreciate it. But what's happened is that by having so many projects in that community, there's this trickle-down effect. First of all, there's this sense that things are changing and fixing up and improving for all of our users up there, and that we're bringing in, uh, we have opportunities for local contractors and local jobs, or if people are coming in from outside, they're bringing in, they need to have food, they need to have lodging, they need to have other things that brings money into that community. There's this sort of larger trickle-down effect that occurs, and that, to me, also is one of the really wonderful benefits of the Great American Outdoors Act, is that you know we know that outdoor recreation and outdoor recreation use is an important economic driver for a lot of our communities, and that this money that's coming in, the $12 million a year that Kendra mentioned, is actually has a greater impact in those communities because it does help support jobs and services and other kinds of things as well. And lastly, that once some of these facilities are fixed up, there are also the the businesses that take people out into the woods and to experience the woods. And so when a trail gets fixed up, for instance, or that mooring buoy gets secured, um, that's an that's also has an, a benefit to those outfitters and guides that are escorting their clientele out there and having better experiences. Um, so there's this way that the money actually kind of gets leveraged and can have a greater impact in the community. And for me, that's that's one of the really exciting benefits of this piece of legislation. And coming back to the community, we've talked about in the first part how critical public comment and engagement is we we know folks engage on social media but what are all the various ways they could engage with you on trail work and deferred maintenance so i'll start with that and then i'll pass it to kendra um well one is that um obviously as kendra has already mentioned um our local ranger offices are there to serve those communities and those people those doors are open we encourage people to come in and ask questions and to convey information, whether it's we have a problem out on this trail or I really would like to become a volunteer or, hey, I've got a group that's interested in being engaged in some way. So there's that. The other thing is that we have opportunities, um, occasional opportunities where we we formally ask for public comment. Here are some project ideas that we've been generated either by listening to you or internal to the agency, and now we need to kind of hone in and decide which of these are the most viable, the most important. We can't fund them all, and so we go to the public and ask for their input, and that's another really great opportunity. We also have um, ongoing you know, communications with various different uh, groups, whether they're our tribal nations or our local chambers of commerce, Again, those are usually happening at the district level through the district ranger or the district ranger staff. 
And those are wonderful opportunities also to engage and connect and learn about what's going on and have your voice heard. Kendra, anything? Um, I would just add that if you are in the public and listening and you're interested in providing feedback, you can provide it through your district office. You can provide it um, through social media. But why we really need this input from the public and this um, these, these comments is that we want to prove to Congress that the Forest Service is a good investment. Because if we can prove we're in good investment, we could help um, get this act renewed. The funding is limited, and it only runs through 2025. And then we may be back in the same situation where we have a lot of need and not as much funding to address the need in the woods. And so if you appreciate the projects that are in your local community, if you appreciate the new improvements that you're seeing to your favorite trails or your marine buoys or those campgrounds that you like to frequent, please let us know. And we can provide those comments directly to our national office, and they are compiling the comments to, to put forward to Congress and their congressional staffers that are reviewing comments, even from our district level all the way up, to make sure that we um, are a good investment and we can move forward in 2026 with renewal of the Act. Well, that's Kendra Bull and Sharon Syme today from the Forest Service talking about the Great American Outdoors Act. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Thank you.